guys, Doug here. We're just wrapping up a very successful summer VBS. My boys are back there with some other boys throwing balls at each other. That was an important part of VBS. Activity! Uh, anyway, bounce houses are put away. Hey, later this month, August 18th. I think it's a Wednesday. Let me double check that because I'm doing it. Yes, August 18th. It's a Wednesday night. Week from Wednesday, we're doing a worship night here at church. Worship circle, acoustic instruments. Hey, if you have any kind of acoustic instrument, whether it's a percussion instrument, a stringed instrument, bring it by. I'm going to have some chord charts printed out for some like easy-to-play songs, and we're going to have a great time doing that together. That's August 18th at 6. 30. Uh, September, we'll be bringing back OMY, okay? Be looking for that. We will be doing an OMY night here at the church Wednesday. Keep downloading the app, guys. Give it a five-star review on whatever app store you go to, whether it's uh, Apple, Google Play. Uh, I believe there's an Amazon one, and there's a Roku TV app, so download it. Five-star review. Four-star review is mean. Five-star review only, okay? Seriously, do that. And uh, anyway, with all that being said... Let's get ready for church. And this is your undefeated obstacle course champion of the night. All right, Vineyard Virtual Family, good morning. So glad that you're here. We're getting ready to go. Uh, it's going to be a great time of worship. It was awesome last night. And then we'll be uh, in our series, Are You Ready? And so uh, that's going to be great. And get your Bibles and uh, here we go. Are you ready? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, How you doing? You guys get your coffee? Yeah. When Kim's had her coffee, she says, hey, y'all. When she has it, it's good morning. I'm just sedate right now. <laughs> We're glad you chose to join us this morning. In the event that you do not know what's going on, I will try to lead you through that real quick. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through communion in just a moment, after which we'll have our time of worship. We're really looking forward to spending that time with you after worship. If there are any kids here, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead them through a Bible verse. If not, she'll lead through the kids online. Then we'll dismiss them to Sunday school, and we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. Before all of that begins, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We're so eager for your presence, Papa. Can't wait to see what you're going to do in us today. Thank you for all that you're doing in us already, and we invite your presence to move deeper into our hearts and our minds. Help us to draw closer to you. We join with the churches all around the world where your gospel is preached with this college. Lord God, let your merciful ears be open to the prayers of your people. And in order that we may obtain our requests, teach us to pray for those things that please you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Franz. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same way I took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of place and sanctification important, and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which cup redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance we call communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. Says his friends gathered this morning, we too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. We remember, give thanks, 
Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. I don't know if he died and rose again. I want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the bind of the Lord. The table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship when you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. So we're going to enter into our time of worship now, and I would encourage us all to lift our voices and to sing out and to participate in this time. Uh, if you're joining us online, please do the same. You know, sing out in your living rooms or you know your bedroom, wherever you're watching from. And, uh, you know, chat, hallelujah. If we're here now, I can hear you guys join us. And we're always so encouraged when we hear you guys sing with us. So please do. We'll see the lyrics pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit. But stand if you're able. He turns graves into gardens.
sacrifice of praise. We bring a sacrifice of praise. You're worthy. You're holy, holy, holy God.
God, you are so good to us. You are so faithful to us, God. Always and forever. Lord God, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you be with those working with our children at this service at 9, 30, and 11. God, give them everything that they need to show all the kiddos your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, girls. Wow, it's all girls today, this morning. Cool, good to see you. Hi, girls. Okay, so we are going to be learning about the last book in the Bible. It's called Revelations, and we're going to talk about chapter 1, because an amazing thing happened. But first, you got to... Um, I got to tell you what happened to John. John was talking about Jesus and telling everyone how good Jesus was and how Jesus died for our sins. And if you believe in him, you can have eternal life with him, right? Live with him forever, where your heart will be just happy forever. And some people were like, no, you're not allowed to do that. And they punished him by sending him to a small island all by himself, right? But... The amazing thing happened when he was there. He saw a vision. Do you know what a vision is? Yes, ma'am. Something that you see in a dream. Good. Yeah, it's like a it's like a dream, but you're really awake. You're not sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it was a vision, and in this vision, he heard a voice. And it was like a trumpet. So it was like really loud, right? And the voice told them, write down everything you see and send these to the seven churches, right? And then John was like, wait, who is it that's talking to me, right? And who do you think it was that was talking to him? Yes, ma'am, it was Jesus, right? And Jesus told him this because John, right away, when he realized it was Jesus, he fell down on the ground at Jesus' feet, right? And Jesus was like, do not be afraid. And this is our Bible verse. He said, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever, right? And he said, and I hold the keys to death and Hades, right? And what we have to remember is that when Jesus was here, right, he won the fight against sin and death, right? And that's no longer holding us back. And he did that by dying on the cross and coming back to life. And whoever trusts in him will live with him forever. Isn't that exciting? I know. Cool. So are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? We will all say it together nice and loud. Are you ready? Okay. Revelations 1, 17 to 18. Revelations 1, 17 to 18. Good job. All right. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Good job. I am the first and the last. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. 
love anyone. I was dead. I was dead. And now look. And now look. I am alive forever and ever. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys. And I hold the keys. To death and Hades. To death and Hades. Excellent job. So amazing, girl. Hey, you know what we're going to do? We have, a, we have a video that we want to watch from Friday night's VBS, all right? So you guys stay up here, and then we'll pray. So let's see how this goes. Ready? We're going to pray now, and then we got to have fun and learn more about what happened to John, okay? All right. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your goodness to us, Lord God, for just taking care of us and providing for us, Lord God, providing for the children, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, as they begin to do the things that they have to do this week, Lord God, I pray that they know that they're not alone in anything or or any, anything that they do or anything that they encounter, Lord God, let them know that you are there for them. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Have fun. <sighs> they want to go where the funner rooms are. Whatever the next level up is the funner room. Hey, I want to thank not only all the volunteers for VBS and the staff and everybody that, but thank you, church, for making that stuff possible. And uh, we got to bless. The, oh, all the kids, too, got backpacks with school supplies. And the kids today need to get them, too. So, Pastor Fran, I don't know if we've set that up or not, but um, we need to get them out in between or now. So these four get them. And then for the rest of the groups, backpacks and supplies for all the kids that come today. Huh? I, yeah, I don't know. Or we'll give them to the kids when they're here in the classrooms. I don't know. We haven't we haven't worked it out. But we did get backpacks and supplies for all the kids that come today. And then whatever's left, we'll we'll send out to the schools. So um, cool stuff. And uh, thank you for being able, you know, allowing us to do all those cool things. And my granddaughter, one of them, said, you know, after VBS, she goes, "It's fun, church." And that's always been one of our hearts here, that it's so much fun for the kids that they wake the parents up and say, let's go. You know, kids, children at a church is like one of the most important things that you can have going on. It keeps the church moving and going and growing. And so uh, anyway, thank you for allowing us to bless them like that. That's a big deal. Oh, if you are a first time guest or visitor, this is just this one moment is for you. Um, that's a QR code. If you take your smart device, turn the camera on and point it at that. Don't take a picture. Just point it. A little thing will pop up, and it will ask you for your name and your email address and your phone number. And if you would give that to us, first-time guests or visitors, we're going to put you in a little thing where we text you over the next 30 days a couple of times, and we'll email you a couple of times. And... Um, Fill that out for us if you would. And if you do that, uh, we have a first-time guest for everybody, a gift for first-time guests. Not for everybody, but for first-time guests. Uh, it's back there at guest services, and uh, if you fill that out and you didn't get one on the way in, go ahead and get one on the way out. Thank you for doing that. And uh, we're, again, thankful for people coming, visiting the first time, and then visiting the second time, and then every other time after that, so win. All right? <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out, but, you know. So we are in a series called Are You Ready? Um, this series is about hope. Remember, I know there's a lot of moving parts in here, but I, it's just so important that you get the whole thing and how it works together. And it, having our hope, you know, we talk about that in Revelation 21, um, because Peter told us to be ready to give reasons for the hope we have. And you get a hold of the idea that what's happening is that uh, ultimately when Jesus comes back, new heaven comes, the earth is restored and renewed, and we get new physical bodies. And we get to walk this thing out the way it was intended at creation. And and so at sometimes I think maybe we've sort of undersold the, the big adventure and we float away on a cloud or something playing harp. That's not how it ends. We have this whole amazing adventure that lasts forever with God the way it was always intended to be. That's our hope. And then from that you can begin to work backwards and understand the reasons as you read the scripture. Particularly as you look back through the cross and resurrection. All sorts of things open up. And I'm I'm constantly encouraging you to read the Bible. Uh, and I will continue to do that. As believers, it's something that you need to be doing all the time. I mean, the, you, it's never... Uh, and if you haven't read it and you read it once, great. But really, that's not it. You keep reading it. Because what happens is, as you read it, it keeps opening up to you. The more you learn, the more you realize how much you have to learn. Holy Spirit starts showing you things. I have read the Bible a lot. I really have. And I'm amazed now that still, sometimes I will read the Bible... And something will go, and I'm like, well, where has that verse been all my life? It's always been there. 
and I've read it, it just, it's like, for whatever reason, I wasn't maybe ready for it at the time. And a lot of that, you know, understand this journey is we're growing up in him, right? That's part of the scriptures where we're growing into him ahead. And, and as we continue to press in and grow, we get more and more ready for more and more things. And the Holy Spirit keeps bringing them to us. And that's why you have to keep plugging in. So let me encourage you once again today, read your Bibles. Most of, <laughs> there's nothing like it. And, and the stories that weave through it, we'll talk about more today and we'll continue to talk about, are just wonderful that, uh, God loves us and that's what comes out of it. And so that's what we're talking about. And, uh, we've been talking, uh, recently about the kingdom of God. Remember when I say kingdom of God, it's not a place. It's about God being king, the rule and reign of God. The kingdom is here, but not fully here. Jesus inaugurated, consummated on the return and everything changes then and then we've been Hanging out in the parables, because parables are stories that reveal the kingdom of God. And we learned a lot looking at the parables. You know, don't miss what God is doing. His agenda is not our agenda. A new thing has started. Because of that, we can celebrate. The kingdom is about changing our hearts from within. All these things we look at in the um, parables. This week, we're going to talk about the gospel, the good news, one of my favorite discussions, and one of the most important that we can have, because we're good news people. And so we need to be aware of it and what it looks like. Let's slide into the bad jokes. I know it's your favorite part. Apparently, if you replace potato chips with grapefruit in your diet, you can lose up to 90% of the joy in your life. (laughs) If not 100%. Did you know that I like dad jokes about eyes? The cornea, the better. The cornea, that's a corny one. According to the dictionary, this one will make you think, rats are underrated. Alice, come up and lead us. (laughs) I told you it would make you think. (laughs) I... That is perhaps my favorite response. Oh, are you serious? That's what that means. It's just not that funny. I had to picture a dictionary and and underrated. Yeah, okay. Anyway, got it eventually. Good morning and welcome. It's good to see you all. Shall we pray together before we read the word? Let's. Thank you, Papa. Come again, Holy Spirit. Continue your work in our lives and in our hearts, Father. We come to you this morning offering you truly more than a song, more than what we say. It's more than what we look like, Father. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's you in us. And so, Lord, we offer you this morning our hearts. Take and mold them, Lord, so that we can just reflect you better and serve each other well. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Romans, and this is chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead 
Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. All right. Almost all right. I need another sip of coffee. Okay. So we're talking about the gospel. And that's something that you've heard of a lot here, if you've been coming. And we'll keep talking about it. As I said, we're good news people. That's what gospel means. It means good news. Alice read this uh, just a second ago. I'm just going to read a part of it. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Uh, And so we need to be aware that these things are building up. And that word gospel, good news, um, it was a word that would be used at the time when Paul was using it. uh, Like the Romans would use it to announce a great military victory. Hey, good news. This we've won again. Basically what they were saying all the time until they weren't. And when Paul uses it, he's declaring this great victory as well. Jesus has defeated sin and death. And and so this this cry goes out. It's like a herald going, good news, good news. And that's what Paul's saying is this amazing thing has happened. And what Jesus has done, get this, has the potential to be so life-changing for people that it's the place that the enemy focuses his attack. It's what he's, uh, listen, because Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, and even if our gospel, good news, is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Why is it veiled? The God, notice little g, God of this age, that's our enemy, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the gospel, the good news, uh, is, is the way that people can be set free, and the enemy hates that so much that it's his main task is to try and keep people blinded to that freeing truth. He doesn't want people to know that, and so he and all his little other G-God powers, they're desperately trying to keep people blinded from the truth. And unfortunately, they do a pretty good job with it. Uh, and the church... Now, it's our job as those who are the light in the world, as those who are the temple, the place where Holy Spirit dwells. We're to be the messengers of the good news, the ambassadors of the good news, uh, speaking it into a world and, and ultimately coming against the enemy who's trying everything he can to keep people thinking about other things or not seeing it or blinded to the truth or... and. Over the years, you can watch all these different philosophies that have come in and all these different ways of looking at things and all, you know, modernism and postmodernism and rationalism and, and all of it, these attacks of the enemy trying to keep people from, from seeing the truth coming after the gospel. So what is the gospel? And I, you know this if you've come here. In 1 Corinthians 15, there's what I call the summary verses of the gospel. In particular, verses 3 and 4. 
And I mean this, if you don't sort of remember any other verses that I ever talk about, and I know I have a lot, and they're always my favorite, I get that. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, you've got to burn those into your brain. Because if somebody ever asks you about the gospel or the good news, and there's... Because I wasn't talking to you. My phone all of a sudden said, I'm having trouble hearing you. I don't know if you could hear that, but. The enemy is trying to keep people blinded to the truth. (laughs) Three and four. But let's build up the three and four so you have them in context. Now, brothers and sisters, Paul says... I want to remind you of the gospel, of the good news. I preach to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. You received it. You heard it. You received it. And it's changed everything. By this gospel, you're saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins. This is verse 3. According to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's verses 3 and 4. Those last two. That's, that's the heart of it. That's the summary of it. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what people have to hear and believe and receive in order to be reconciled to God. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Paul says that because Paul wasn't part of the original group. But he did see the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. That's what includes him in the group. But that's why he says it the way he says it. So so that's the gospel. But let's break it down now into sort of some very essential kind of elements so that, that you get what's going on. So so what are the, the uh, essential elements? Oops. Let's see if I can go back. Of the gospel. And here we go. First off, you need to know this is the plan of God. God has a plan. Um, thank gosh. <laughs> Thank God he had a plan. And we can go back and look at it uh, in Genesis 3.15. You've heard me talk about that, the crimson thread of redemption. We can see this plan that God has in place. And the good news is this plan. It's the way that he's going to rescue us. Now, see, sometimes, let me see, what I received I pass on you for that. Christ died for sin according to the scriptures. So, so what would the scriptures been that Paul was talking to? Old Testament. That's what they had, right? And the, the gospel, the plan of God is in the Old Testament. Sometimes people, they sort of think, and I've, I know people have talked about this, there have been books written about it, that the church sort of unhook itself from the Old Testament and just be New Testament people. And you, you can't. Because the whole thing is tied together. They, they complete one another. They, you, you need them both. And what you need to see, because people say, well, you know, that God back in the Old Testament, he was, he, and listen, you have to look at it, it's a rescue. So really, from, from the first two chapters on until the last two chapters, it's this rescue plan that God puts in place because he loves us. 
And you get to see how messed up it is and how evil evil really is and the lengths that it has to go to to be dealt with. But it's a rescue plan. And, and what he was going to do is in there. Now, they couldn't really see it until it happened because it's kind of hard to see when you're reading it until you're reading it back, looking through the cross and resurrection. And then all of a sudden, it's all over the place. Everything changes. I keep That's why I say the Old Testament looks different the way we look at it now. But you can see this was the plan that God had forever, basically, for us to rescue us from the mess that we caused ourselves. And so there's a definite plan to this, and it's in the Scriptures. So you need to know it's in there. That's why we read them all the time. And so there's a plan. It's a part of God's plan for us. Um, It's a divine accomplishment. Amazing things happen because of the cross and resurrection. And, and, um, and so what, what has it accomplished? Well, uh, it's, it's dealt with our sin problem. Uh, you know, they, in the Old Testament, they were dealing with sin in the Old Testament. They did it with sacrifice. But they had to keep doing it over and over and over and over. So it was never once and for all dealt with. But when Jesus comes, he's the perfect sacrifice. He once and for all deals with our sin. That happens at the cross and resurrection. He, he defeats sin. I tell you that all the time. He came and defeated the power of sin. Uh, and, and Paul says, you know, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us. This is a big word here. All our sins. Whew. I don't know about you, but uh, I got a whole bunch of them. I'm glad he forgave them and continues to. All our sins dealt with there at the cross. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he's taking it all, he's taking it away, nailing it to the cross. He dealt with it. It's, sin has been dealt with. That's a divine accomplishment. Think about that. All of the mess, all of the, it's been dealt with. And that God, God is the one who dealt with it. Fully God, fully man, Jesus arrives on the scene and he deals with it. It also, the, the, our whole, the, 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 it's called the wrath of God, which you see a lot in the Old Testament. But the, the result of us turning and going our own way and the mess that it's caused, all those things. But that also is taken care of at the cross. Therefore, Paul says there is now no condemnation, that, that no one is condemned any longer in, for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's pretty important. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. This amazing thing has happened, and so sin has been dealt with, wrath has been taken care of, and also he's purchased eternal life for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Each of those, as you believe in what Jesus has done, these are the things that happened. These are the accomplishments that were made, including that one. And... uh, God comes because he loves us. The, what happened at the cross? Because some people have looked at that. I know it's a, it's a discussion. And, and they've got, well, God, you know, he's such a meanie. God is such a meanie that the only way he could somehow be satisfied was by killing his own son. And it's not because you, you have to account into the rescue that the mess that God personally came and took it on himself. Fully God, fully man, Jesus arrives on the scene. He takes it on himself. All of our mess... That we, he, he takes the punishment for. Think about that. Our mess. 
Because and some people want to go back and and I've heard this too. They go, oh well, you know, if God is so good and everything, why why did He even allow there to be a mess? And and people go, well, He gave us the ability to make choices. Well, why did He do that? And you say, well, because He wants people to love Him. Yeah, but even though our choices turned out bad, the one who gave us that choice ultimately says, here's you got a choice, you got it wrong, but I'm going to come and pay your consequences anyway. So not only does He give us the choice, He pays for our bad choices. That's the love of God. And that happens. He does that for us at the cross. It's an amazing thing as he defeats sin and death. And so those accomplishments have happened. That happened 2,000 years ago. But they need to be applied to our lives. And that's this idea is the gospel is believed and received. That's the idea. So, you know, I say it all the time. It, it, you know, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It's, it's we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth. That's what's happening. And over and over again, that's what Paul is saying. I read it to you earlier in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, that it, you see the words are in there, um, receive and believe. Again, in John 1, 12, that to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's what it means to, to receive the gospel. You, you understand that this is what he's done and you apply it to your own lives. The, the, the thing that happened 2,000 years ago for you, uh, you, you now apply it to your life and that's what changes you. See, that's when your change is when you come to know Jesus. That's when these things make a difference in your life. Uh, things that happened 2,000 years ago. And, and so they, they all take place. You're, you come into know life when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You're forgiven for all your mess when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. All of the, the, the things that should have come our way are taken care of when you come to know Jesus uh, as Lord and Savior. What we have to be careful of is that we don't somehow all of a sudden, and this is a common problem, we come into this thing by grace because he's done it all and we're just applying what he's done to our lives and then all of a sudden we make a shift and think, okay, now I have to earn it. I got to prove it. I got to, and, and you, you become what you're not. And this is always this idea of believing and receiving, applying what Jesus has done to your life. These things happen, and it's the application of them that makes a difference. And this is an historical event. Uh, this is another thing that people would like to say. Well, how do you even know that this happened? That Jesus even, you know, how do you know there was a Jesus? How do you know that, that the cross happened? How, how can you believe that there was a resurrection? How can you believe all those things? Let me tell you that, that it's an established historical fact. And you say, well, how can you say that? How do you know to that, that, that what took place there is more established historically than any other historical event? So if you, if you, you'd have to say that you can't believe in any historical event to discord this, because a lot of historical events that we have accepted as part of everything maybe have one source. The, what took place at the cross has thousands of sources that you can look at. And so it's a historical event. It happened. And, you know, there were eyewitnesses. He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve and then more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Paul's writing, at the time of Paul's writing, a lot of the people who had seen resurrected Jesus were still alive. He's saying, go ask them. There's eyewitnesses to this event. The, the, the 12, you know, the, 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 the women who first saw him, they're all eyewitnesses. And then somehow these 500 people that he appears to, which is no little deal back at the time, they all see him and they can testify to the fact that it was resurrected Jesus. And then people go, oh, well, it was just, you know, he didn't really die. 
and you want to look at that and go, he had been so horrifically tortured. I don't want to talk about what crucifixion actually does to people because it's, it's horrific, horrific, horrific. But um, there's, if he had just stumbled out of the tomb, not really dying after that much torture, I promise you the guys wouldn't have gone, Ooh, let's go. It wouldn't have taken place. That's not what they were looking at. And I love the way, you know, especially when you read John and how they record, uh, you know, the last couple of chapters here in John. It's Jesus. But is it Jesus? We recognize him, but we don't really recognize him. He still wants to eat, but now he can walk through walls. Resurrected body, that new one that we're all waiting for. Jesus gets it. The first of new creation. So all these things together make the gospel extremely amazing, good news. And so we, we need to sort of understand that as we go. What's so good about it? And here's, here's what I want to say. See, you, I, I've told you some amazing things about the gospel already. If, if all it was was that my sins were forgiven, well, that's good news. I, if all of it was that, that I, you know, God's not against me, well, that's good news. If it was eternal life, these are all really, really good news. But, but here's the deal. See, if you stop there, you kind of miss the bigger picture of what's happened. It's like, so do you know why you're really forgiven? So that guilt won't get in the way of your relationship with God. See, see, do, do you know why you're, you're justified and the wrath is dealt with just if you never sinned? So that condemnation can't get in the way of you enjoying God. Do you, do you know why you have the promise of a, of a, you know, forever life and a new body someday? Because that sets you free. That hope sets you free to have the capacity to engage in a relationship with God where you get to enjoy Him and He gets to enjoy you. And it starts already. And it's not just off there somewhere. Because of that hope, it's come back in time somehow. And, and we get to enjoy God. See, that's what the reality of the good news is that, that we get, we're reconciled to God. We get to enjoy Him the way He wants to enjoy us. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. We've, we've somehow been restored to that relationship that was in the beginning at creation where we're with God and there's no guilt and no shame and no mess. We don't have to deal with any of those things anymore. We've been reconciled perfectly to God and we can begin to enjoy life now. That's the greatest good of the gospel. It reconciles us back into a relationship with God that changes anything, everything. So that when we sing songs like today, it is well with my soul. Do you get that for good news people, that's the reality and it should be that way. And if anything is messing with that, that's an attack that that deep down, no matter what the circumstance and no matter what's coming, all right, what, what does this mean and what happens next and haven't this been enough? But at some level, you can process down and you can trust in the Lord and rest in the Holy Spirit. And you go, you know, he's got me and 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 he's got this. And I'm, I'm to enjoy him because somehow in my enjoyment of God, that's what begins to impact others. And, and that's what the enemy least wants you to be doing is enjoying God and reflecting that out into the world. Cause he's busily trying to knock that down, keep people blinded from the truth. And so how do we, how do we really take that stand and live that life? Just realize who God is and realize what it means to be in relationship with him as good news people. And that, that you can enjoy him now. Amen. And that he enjoys you. And there's something about that that just cuts through all of the mess and really begins to change things. So, 
That's enough. I got more next next week, but that's enough for today. And uh, lots to think about, I think, there. Uh, That's some good news. (laughs) Alice, my love, why don't you come and we'll have a little ministry time. and We'll dismiss. I just want to pray and seek the Lord. Papa, you know, my, my heart for each one of us is to be able to settle in this place of rest in you, that idea of it is well with my soul. It, it may not be well in circumstances around me, but whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Because you're with me, and I'm with you. And we get to enjoy one another throughout time. And God, help us to be those sort of people in today's world. Good news people. People with with news that changes everything. People proclaiming a victory that changed everything for all those who believe and receive. Somebody needs to hear this today. Steve and I were um, listening to one of our favorite theologians on the on the podcast, and he said that he was talking to another pastor, and, and somebody asked this pastor um, if he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said, "Yes, but I leak," and and it, and that's why we come and we worship the way we do that's why we lift up our hands and we sing with our hearts because yes we're filled with the holy spirit but we leak so we come again and we come in fellowship and we gather and we get filled up again and then i felt like um this week as i was praying there's someone here and your heart is bruised you've been hurt in some way and then i saw a, a plant a big rosemary plant you know rosemary it was huge and and then i saw the father's hand take off a stem he broke the rosemary and then he cut it up and when you walked by the plant you really couldn't smell it that well but when it broke and when he cut it its fragrance was released and so if that's your heart today, God's releasing the fragrance of heaven in your heart. He's going to heal you. Let it be well with your soul, whoever you are today. And also this morning, Miss Alicia told me that someone has some pain in their right elbow. And if that, that's my left, <laughs> my other right, I went like that. So if, Sorry. So if that's your, if that's you, if you have pain in your right elbow, the Lord wants to heal that now to show that he is the Lord of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All this starts by knowing Jesus. That's what the whole message was about today. If you've never gotten to that spot where you, you know, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Do it now. No better time. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That makes a difference that changes things in your life. And so best decision you will ever make. And I would encourage you to do that and uh, join in the story. 
Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity and uh, for uh, partnering with us in, in all the amazing things that God allows us to do. Thank you for your faithfulness to your giving and your tithing and all those things that you do. We bless you for that. Let's sing the doxology. We'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Remember, we thank for five things. Encourage two people. So we can get one lost child back to death. Please go out these doors. They'll be open for you, and we will see you soon. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. Lots to think about this week. Good news. It's better than good. And, uh, and next week, I, I didn't tell them, we'll be talking about the power of life. Oh, it's very cool. I'm looking forward to that. So that's where we're headed. Amen. Sounds good. You know what we got at home? Pot roast. Yeah. We got yeah. a pot roast in the crock pot. Happy, joy, joy. I know, but still, don't, we look forward to it. Don't get me going. <laughs> All, All right. right. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>